From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And welcome to the Desert Scene. So, how's it going, Brian? Oh, I'm doing good. Started my first week of school. Should be fun and all that, but otherwise, it hasn't been as stressful as I thought. I thought going to university would be a lot. And you're more going stress- to Riverside. That's yeah. kind of a drive, isn't it? Oh yeah, no. It's yeah. believe it or not, like the 50 minute drive at five in the morning. Not so bad. Not as bad as one would think. Well, at five. Well, I'm sorry you have to get up that early, but yeah, driving at five in the morning usually you don't have a lot of traffic, so that's good. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, okay, I got to wake up at five in the morning. This is going to be dreadful. I'm going to hate it. But then it's like the moment you sort of discipline yourself. Get rolling. Get rolling. Mm -hmm. Because the fact is that, like, I used to pick up someone at five in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. But the sad thing was that I would pass out at their place because they would let me, like, relax at their place for Mm -hmm. a couple hours. I would pass out, (laughs) get Mm -hmm. a nap. Yeah. And then wake up and go home. But this, but the whole day I was awake and I was like, okay, maybe my, maybe I got more mature or something, or I don't know what happens to school environments because you yeah. can't, you can't take a nap anywhere, and yeah. I just don't feel like it. It's yeah. weird. I don't know. It's a different habit. You're growing up, Brian. Isn't that great? <laughs> and what about you? How have you been this good, week? Good, good. I um, uh, some music, music stuff going on. I'm really excited. I, I'm rehearsing in rehearsal for uh, Reunited, which is the the fundraising season opener concert show for Desert Ensemble Theater Company um, performing with Charles Herrera Darcy Daniels Jerome Elliott and Joel Baker on piano and I'm really excited to be part of that that's the weekend of October 21st 22nd 23rd Um, also I have a show with um, um, Clifford Bell a virtual show on the 16th but I want to tell you this past week I went to Frankie's Frankie's uh, old old world Italian bakery that has the ja- back room the jazz room is re- has been reopened and right now we're in the front room they're going to op- go in the back room I think later this month but I went to see I went to the jam on Tuesday nights they have a jam with Doug McDonald and his trio when I got up to sing he's great and then Wednesday Hope Diamond who helped put the back room together and just has a, has a new CD she did a little jazz show of her own um, great musicians and uh, Patrick Evans showed up the weather guy who sings and he got up and did Summer Wind he's not a bad singer he's really not and Chris Bennett who's wonderful and she asked me to get up and do a song so that was nice and then um, tomorrow uh, at Melvin's Sunday the jam 3.30-7 Doug McDonald my friend is sub- subbing for Michael Healy he's on a vacation much deserved vacation with his wife he, you know, he's needed it for a while so Doug McDonald is running the jam and I'm one of the featured singers with him so I'm looking forward to that Oh, that's great. That actually sounds like a lot's going on. And that's fun. You know, like I was thinking about auditioning for a play at my school called Brownface, which is about college students that um, interact with the intersectionality of like their college issues, like trying to pass their exam versus being first generation Latino students. Oh, and, that's great. I think you should. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I was thinking about it. But you know what? I actually was thinking about doing the second like show that they have over there i might try to audition for the second show which is called coming out monologues where you talk about like your coming out story mm-hmm. and i think that's actually going to be pretty interesting because even though mine's really positive i still think that as presumptuous as this sounds that i think we also need to throw in some positive ones in oh there yeah too. it shouldn't because, all be negative yeah. yeah yeah and i imagine that as someone like let's say you like if you were an audience member you would want to hear some positive mixed in with like the negative absolutely too. and because like I remember 
um, I had a friend that really liked, let's say, the vagina monologues, mm-hmm. and one of, and I know that they change them up a lot, but I like the ones where I like the fact that they mix in like some humorous ones with like the really dark stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that there can be something like that. But yeah, I and, think that's great. That would be great. So hopefully, I can get the second one. The first one, uh, first quarter, going to be busy. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little uh, slightly overwhelmed a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. It's a challenge. Did you by any chance watch the Tonys? Oh, you know what? I was going to talk about the Tonys, but I didn't get to see it all that much. But I, I saw was... some of it. I didn't see all of it, but I saw a big chunk of it. What'd you think? I, I liked it. I love, I love the duets. The, all the duets towards the end. Uh, Christian Chenoweth and Adina Menzel did Because I Knew You uh, from Wicked. Oh, yeah. And um, there were a bunch, bunch of duets. W- really good duets. Those were great, but then the, they had this weird... A closing number and I was really tired I ended up turning off and going to bed this finale was really odd um, so it, I just I turned it off <laughs> it seems that these award shows lately have been having a lot of weird finales like the Oscars had a weird finale with I think the Oscars were just bad taste because they thought that an actor was going to win mm-hmm. but because they and they had the wife of the actor there and it's like uh, were you tr- were you hoping to get a tribute to an actor that passed away? No, thank you. But this one, why did you say it was weird? Like for you, you know, I can't na- right now. It's gone, but it was like it was this strange thing. As I recall, because I didn't watch much of it, it was kind of like they were doing a fast version recap of what happened during the show or something, and it was just odd. It, it was just you know I wanted some big rousing you know Les Mis thing or there's no business like show business some big. Broadway style ending that you expect and it wasn't that at all so you know the the one thing is that there have there was one record holder in the Tonys which was Slave Play now Slave Play has been sort of controversial because the idea is that it sort of plays with this like idea of like a um, a a white man with a black woman and it sort of plays with the race the slave with slavery concepts about slavery Mm -hmm. and sexual slavery role play. And a lot of people have had like, um, their feelings about it because they felt like there was something kind of off about it but because the play itself from my understanding was written by a black man, Mm -hmm. most people were like, Oh, you know what? It makes sense. Like it's either you view it be tackling this risky subject matter because the first half it's slave master dynamic and Mm -hmm. the second half it's like, I would believe modern day mm-hmm. and so a lot of people are kind of like I don't know how I feel about this but it gets me thinking right yeah and well that's one of the things theater's supposed to do right and even if you don't feel comfortable with it I think it's one of those things where the phrase it's not supposed to be comfortable comes in thank you thank you theater is not always supposed to be comfortable that's the point of theater to make you yes entertain you make you smile dance, tap your toes that's some kind of shows but other shows are meant to ruffle your feathers make you think make you get outraged perhaps about a social issue that's part of what theater does and with um, Slave Play, Slave Play actually got a lot of nominations. And the reason why I say it's a record holder is because it was nominated for 12 and it didn't win a single one. Wow. And, and so that was considered sort of like a surprise. Because slap in the face a little bit. A slap in the face. And also because like when I when when one talks about like musicals, uh, not musicals, but plays at the Tony, I think the Tonys don't get as much of a conversation because like... 
I'm not able to see these plays. Well, a lot of people, yeah, they can't afford to go to New York and see, so they don't care that much, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, one of the things I will say is that Slave Play, I've seen bits of it online from the bootlegs. I feel bad, but, you know, I can't, I'm not in New York, so I can't. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is that it looked good. I thought it looked good, and and then this other play, Inheritance, won instead. I'm not too sure about it, but I thought... I was surprised because Slave Play was the one that gets the most press because this is going to sound controversial, but I think the Tonys is a popularity contest a little bit. Well, all award shows are to some degree, some more than others. But yeah, absolutely. Because like I was thinking about it because like a lot of the award Tony award winning shows like Cats were the most popular show that year. Like Evita, Mm -hmm, Cats. mm -hmm. Like, I can't even think of the names of the other shows, like Annie Mm -hmm. and Dear Evan Hansen was more popular than the other shows that came out that Mm -hmm. year. And I'm not saying that they're better or worse than those shows. It's just that you don't hear about the other nominees. So there's no way you can really say okay, deserve this or that, because, you know, they don't revive those shows anymore. Yeah. They revive the other ones. One thing that, that, that was weird, and a lot of people were kind of disturbed about this, and I was too, they, the way they set it up for people in, in L.A., the first part of it you had to watch, stream, it was streamed on, I don't know, something plus. Or, Paramount Plus. Yeah, and then, the, then they did the last, like, hour, hour and a half, the special Broadway's back kind of chunk you could watch on CBS at 9 oh, o'clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, which was weird. And the one thing that I didn't like about that is um, I, somebody put it on Facebook, but that apparently Jennifer Holiday showed up and did, I, uh, I'm telling you, I'm not leaving, and blew the place away. Well, that was on the first thing that was streamed. So if you didn't have that and watched the nine o'clock thing, you never got to see that. But a friend of mine put it on Facebook. I mean, most of it, of her just blowing the place away with that song just blowing people away and i was upset that they should have saved that for the television nine o'clock thing i I think for me the smart decision would have been to do both like both portions on both services you could see the whole thing yeah because they did the emmys on cbs and paramount plus Mm -hmm. so that's how i got to see it yeah this was like split up which was really weird and with the tonys i i feel like Broadway's back seemed like a really big deal, so I'm not surprised that you saw that. It was that. a nice. Oh, the, the opening was very nice. Broadway's back. It was very, very well done. The opening number of that chunk that was at nine o'clock. And for me, like that, uh, it looked good. The stuff that I did get to see, it looked good. The sh- the Jennifer Holiday stuff was really great. Mm. I thought that. I think like the Hairspray cast being able to do their little reunion, the original Hairspray cast, that was great. That That was on the Tony Awards. And I was kind of surprised that they split it that way because I feel like a, it's a little, it's a little inconvenient if you even, if you have both, because it's like you have to go back and forth or you might not know. Mm -hmm. So you might, you might be watching the Tonys and then it's like, wait a minute, I have to go to CBS now? Or like someone like you who doesn't have Paramount Plus. Then you can't say it, yeah. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Paramount Plus is a good service, but I wouldn't even, like if, like I wouldn't necessarily recommend it over others. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's fine, but I've used it the least. Yeah. So like for me, it's like, it's not even a streaming service. They should have done both. Yeah. And I I didn't see it, but I heard, I think, um, and I don't remember her name, but the woman that's doing the lead in the Tina Turner show, I think she won. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian uh, Adrian Warren yeah, won I, as I, Tina. Yeah, I saw the story on CBS this morning last week. She's fabulous. I mean, what I saw of her, she's fabulous. You know, the thing is that um, I actually thought it was a really good. I, uh, Tina wasn't a big like success, but 
I'm glad that she won. Yeah. That it yeah. was something that won. But Tina also got nominated for Best Musical. What what won Best Musical? I forgot. Moulin Rouge. Okay. Okay. Moulin Rouge, which was a movie first and then it became yeah. a musical. So it's sort of like we cheated a little bit, but we added more. And that production number was very good. They did a production number from that and that was good. Oh, yes. Yeah. I thought that was good, too. Yeah. And the weird thing is that this is this is like the first time I've seen it where all the musicals nominated are jukebox musicals. Moulin Rouge, Jagged Little Pill, which was the Aladdin mm-hmm. Morrissette one. And Tina. then Tina. Yeah. And, you interesting. know, I think that's interesting, but... I don't know. How do you feel about jukebox musicals? Do you feel like a certain kind of way about them? Or I feel like they can be a mixed bag. Like Mamma Mia is a mixed bag for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think some of them are fine. Of course, I'm, I'm old school. I mean, I love all the old, you know, guys and dolls and music man and all. I mean, it's hard to beat that kind of stuff. And they don't, they don't make them like that anymore. Now that sounds cliche. But um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, like, I guess for you, do you have more respect for like musicals that have original songs versus jukebox musicals or do you feel like it depends i i go for the original songs yeah that's my preference yeah for me it's it depends because sometimes when like mama mia has not a good story Mm -hmm. and abba's music is kind of like it's kind of hard to make music out of that versus tina turner's music where there is a story there yeah she got a story okay super art we're gonna be back with more on the desert scene some news and then some great guests coming up a little later in just a bit Desert Scene on Radio 111. Cultural events and the people who make it happen in the desert cities with Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza. And we're back and we got uh, some entertainment news. So what's what's hot, Brian? So Aladdin, you know, the Broadway musical, which was based on the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, they came back on Broadway after 18 months of being closed. So like the typical story, you think, yes, Broadway's back. Yeah. But not for Aladdin. Aladdin actually finally had to close again because there have been a few COVID-19 cases among its cast. That's <sighs> too bad. It is. And they have done rigorous testing and they have done a lot of checks and all that. And it just turns out that there was a breakthrough case. Do you know, are they, and this is a good question, are they on in broad at Broadway theaters, live theaters, do you know if they're requiring for... Audience and cast members vaccination guards. Do you know about that? I don't know. That's a good question. I got to actually look that up okay. real quick. But okay. like, I think that with movie theaters, like I would get the impression that because movie theaters in New York, actually there is right here. Here it okay. is. So according to the New York Times, you do need a vaccine to go to and a Broadway, mask to Broadway go theater to a Broadway theater. But I will also say though that I think the Broadway audience having that is great. Like I think we could all agree And that's with the that. other thing. But Tony's everyone in that audience had a mask on at the Tony's. That I loved. And Everybody it, did. And it's weird because like the Emmys, I don't know if you saw the Emmys. Nobody did. Nobody did. Yeah. And even Seth Rogen went out of his way to say something. And like, I yes, and I good for him. 
And I think that in the case of the Tonys, my thing is that they're so used to performing and wearing a being an audience member and wearing a mask that it's like they don't have to feel like because their industry actually relies on them wearing a mask mm -hmm. because they have to do it on stage with multiple people yeah, all day. It's, I mean, if, because and theater and especially live theater Broadway, if you're doing six or seven shows a week that, and singing. You got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your body, your voice, get sleep. You can't afford. So the, those actors, those people are very health conscious. You have to be. Oh yeah, no. Even I imagine, even during a non-pandemic, you have to take care of yourself because yeah. you kind of make sure that Six you don't. Six shows. Someone do seven shows a week, and you know, I I'm a singer, but I'm a mic singer. I could, I could never make it on Broadway. <laughs> my voice would not last after one show or two shows. My I'd be shy. These people do six or seven shows a week belting out these songs so they gotta take care of themselves and for me like i also i i i think that it's really admirable because i'm not a singer so it's really admirable to see like people being able to perform on stage but i think it's really admirable to that they would even take care of themselves during the pan even not during the pandemic yeah, and, they can ex and, the, and then they set such a great example i thought and they all look great they all had glittery masks you know they look good you know <laughs> and also you could advertise your show on there too absolutely like, like i remember um one time i wore a mask for something and someone said what is it i said oh it's for a tv show that's coming out and mm -hmm. they're like i've never seen it i said oh you should check it out so they went and yeah. checked it out yeah and i imagine that if let's say someone on broadway walk down the street wearing like the Aladdin mask. That's, yeah, so advertising their show, why not? Why not, you yeah. know? And the thing about Aladdin is that they had all these requirements, but they still got some cases. Yeah, and, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes that happens, you know? And I think, I think the one, I think the reason why it happened is probably because, you know, you never know what Broadway actors will do when they go home because they not mm -hmm. they have to commute back home so you never know who they're around who's on the subway who's where. and the other thing is that people this is some people some people the vaccination nobody said that the vaccination is 100 percent sure that you will not get contracted or you're not uh, pass it on what it is going to do is keep you from dying and keep you from going to the hospital and being on a ventilator that's what it's going to do and the one thing too is that people forget that like the 90 percent means let's say let's say you have 10 people and you put the virus out there and nine people didn't get it but well, the one, one person, person died. it happens so it's like 90 percent but that's better than zero percent yeah you know and it doesn't mean 90 percent like your body has 90 percent chance of not getting it what it means is that you actually have a defense mechanism exactly and so i'm not so like you'll hear about breakthrough cases because that's just how it is it's normal like mm -hmm. happens with, with any disease like yeah. the flu and all that yeah. and sometimes like it's very it's it there's diseases like smallpox where people are most of the world is vaccinated against mm -hmm. smallpox so it'll never come back mm -hmm. in that sense mm -hmm. but the flu for example never went away because you know not everyone gets the flu and there's shot. a different strain every year too. yeah and yeah. the flu's been around for a long time yeah. and so the thing about aladdin is that i th i get the impression that maybe like one or two actors maybe like went out somewhere to get a drink and we're around uh, somebody yeah uh, yeah and mm -hmm. or maybe they just got it because maybe somebody from their family came to visit them mm -hmm. you never know and mm -hmm. it could be as innocent as that and yeah. it's and it's okay because i feel like we're human it's okay to like you know after a, sh a run on broadway you want to relax a little bit i don't blame anyone for maybe taking off their mask for a few seconds mm -hmm. on the on the on the metro but you know it happened and it's sad but the but the reality is had 
a war, all the people in the cast, not advisory board, whatever, you, you would have had many more cases and people going to the hospital and people dying. Agreed. Which, with vaccinations, you're not going to have that. No, and I, I agree with that. The fact that they only have a few breakthrough cases and yeah. not everyone tested for it. So, yeah. you know what? I think that it's the best of a not-so-great situation. Absolutely. I mean, nothing's perfect. Nothing's 100%. But why not take be as smart as you can be, you know? I agree. When we come back, we're going to have my, my sweetie, my buddy, my bosom buddy, Siobhan Velarde. Um, she's going to talk all about what's coming up at Runway. Runway's back open. they got some great shows coming up. And we'll talk to her in just a moment on the Desert Scene. and Brian continue with the desert scene on Radio 111. Here they are. And we are back on the desert scene on Radio 111, our new home. We're so excited about that. And I'm really excited to have my my bosom buddy friend, um, <laughs> Siobhan Velarde, on, on the phone. She's going to tell us all about what's happened at Runway. Hey, girl, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So you've got this show coming up. I know dates are moved around, but so Runway's back. you got stuff going on at Runway, which is exciting. I know Charles Herrera yep. was there, just there, and blew the place away. I saw on Facebook. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, the roof flew away. He's just so amazing. He's there every Thursday night, and he's just fantastic. He can do anything. Yeah, he really can. He's just he's just amazing. So tell us what yeah. else is coming up at, at Runway. This coming up the next couple months. We have a lot months. of exciting, a lot of exciting things. So... Um, during the time that I took a little time off, I would, I've been doing my soups on the side. So mm-hmm. if you've heard anything about Queen Soupy, that's me. Mm-hmm. And um, I have been uh, pretty successful, and Runway has wanted to get in on that. So we're, we have a little partnership coming up mm-hmm. where I will be selling, I'll be preparing, and they'll be buying some of my soups. I'll be able to use their kitchen and people can come in and have a bowl of Queen Soupy soup instead of buying a large order. Mm-hmm. But you can also still do that privately. But within the next couple of weeks, I'm going to start doing that there and we're going to kick it off um, in November to solidify it. November 6th is mm-hmm. the date. It's my super show. It will be me yeah. and Mark Kinney, Yes, where we will feature three different, the, my, my top sellers of soups and people can come in and do a sampling. There will be the the regular versions and also some vegan or vegetarian versions versions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it'll just be music that will kind of go along um, with whatever I'm doing and silly antics that I like to get into. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be fun and silly, all of my favorite things. And then we have um, Brian Scott is moving Yay. back to the Valley, which we're really excited about. And oh, Brian that's and I great. Are doing, yes. So we're doing our country show at Runway on the 16th mm-hmm. of October. Okay. And uh, that is a ticketed show, um, and you can go to Eventbrite or Runway at CCBC.com and get your tickets there. And um, and then we're also doing a Halloween Haunted Hangar, which will be me with Kitty Murray and Brian Scott, which will be a fun, campy, gory, silly, fun show. Excellent. Which, again, tickets. 
Yeah. Excellent. And then uh, Bosom Buddies coming up soon. Yeah, I hope so. We've got to do it again. We're going to do a, a slightly revised version, updated with some new songs. Yeah. So I have to go back to the soup because I, I got some of your soup, the, ve- uh, the veg- vegetarian. It was yeah, you fabulous. Basic, the vegetable. It was <laughs> fabulous. So what are, your top, what are your top sellers? I'm curious. My top sellers are funny. They're the ones that are a little bit odd. It's a, it's a Thai soup, which is Tom Ka Gai which is a chicken soup with lemongrass and lime leaves and lime juice. It's, and it's got serrano chilies. It mm. is, it's sweet and salty and spicy and savory. It just sort of hits everything. Mm-hmm. It hits every mark, and that's what's so beautiful about Thai food. It get, gets every sense. It yeah. makes you feel alive. Um, and I also do a wonderful vegan version of it too oh it's got mushroom and uh, just many things okay and then um the other one is i've got lemono which is a greek um chicken soup and it is made with orzo and it's it's creamy but it's not thickened with cream it's thickened with egg Hmm. it's a very kind of delicate way to temper the egg into the broth and instead of it cooking like an egg drop drop soup would it becomes creamy and beautiful and velvety. It almost just mm. tastes like velvety lemony orzo, and it's it's wonderful. Okay. And then the other one is a new one that I've just tried, and it's taking off is a lasagna soup. Hmm. And it's all of the elements that you love about lasagna. Mm-hmm. And I can do a vegetarian version, but mine the regular one has sausage and zucchini and in a tomato-rich broth, lots of flavors and garlic, and then you complement it with broken lasagna noodles and then it's a mixture that you put in each bowl a little dollop of ricotta and parmesan and mozzarella that's seasoned with garlic and oh my gosh and you stir it in and it's it's heavenly now i i have to ask you i know that you you've been cooking for years and you've done some catering stuff so what when you came up with the soup thing and now were are some of were are some of these soups things that you've done for years or did you come up with a lot of new ones um, lately, I've come up with some new ones, but I would say the Tom Cog guy and the Avga Lemon, those I've been doing for some time, and it was really my friends. I would make it and, you know, give it to my friends, and then they would be calling me saying, hey, can you make the soup? Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I said, I really can't afford to be making the soup for everybody. Yeah. So they said, well, we'll I'll pay for the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And then I started having, you know, a dinner party, and, and they would they would pay to take home leftovers, and that's mm-hmm. sort of how... It started, and then I get busy performing, and mm-hmm. I don't do it, and I miss it because I do love to cook. Yeah, and and during the times when I want to take a break performing, I can I fall back on that, and I really, really enjoy it. And the Queen Soupy was sort of a prophecy. I've had that email for over twenty years. Had nothing to do with soup. Wow. Um, it was I thought at the time what would be a silly email. Mm-hmm. No one can spell my name. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the greatest name in show business? You got Shecky Green and Soupy Sales, right? Yeah. So I thought, ooh, Queen Soupy, that's funny. That's <laughs> wild. My yeah. Business, right? <laughs> wow. That's great. So let's yeah. talk about, go back to Runway. So I know there's a new curtain. I saw the new beautiful red oh, curtain. So what great. else is what yeah. else is happening new at Runway? For, I know they've, he's been making, Eric's been making some changes, yes? They're making some changes. We're really trying to, um, we're getting in more entertainment. Um, so we're figuring that out. Gong mm-hmm. Show Karaoke is coming back. Unfortunately, Gilmore Rizzo is not able to return. So I have Todd Makofsky okay. coming, in, coming in mid-November. Okay. So is a contestant, you know, big prize. Fun, 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 yeah. Fun, campy show. 
Um, that will be coming back, and uh, we're trying to get other entertainers in the lineup, but they are going to be darkening the room a bit with Mm -hmm. some of the windows with more curtains or shades Mm -hmm. to make it a little more intimate and a little more of a cabaret vibe. Yeah. And so it's still a restaurant that's open, and you can have breakfast, lunch, or dinner there, and they're open Wednesday through Sunday. Um, And, yeah, we've got some... exciting things. I know Rebecca Clark is taking a little time off. I know Karen Cobb is going to be filling in for her. And now we've got Charles Herrera on mm-hmm. board. We've got some talent. <laughs> yeah, there's so some there's some definite talent in this town. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so your show, the super, super S-O-U-P-E-R show featuring yeah. Queen Soupy's Flights of Soup uh, with <laughs> Siobhan and Mark Haney. Um, it's November 6th. Let's talk about times and tickets and all that for that. The time is, I believe it's 7.30 to 9, and the tickets can be purchased on either Eventbrite, and again, it's super, S-O-U-P-E-R, show, um, and or you can go to runway at ccbc.com, and it will take you to a link where you can purchase the tickets. It's $20 at the door, um, and I believe there are different packages. I don't know the exact pricing of everything, but if you go to Eventbrite, where you can purchase the soups, Mm-hmm. And a priority seating. They do priority seating, I think, for an extra uh, $10 so you get mm-hmm. closer to the stage. Yeah. Which is kind of a, a fun thing in different packages to to buy the soups. And um, that way you get a sample of each soup with a little side of something. It'll be broken up into sets. And we're we're going to be introducing more dinner shows. Which Excellent. we're really excited about, too, and that's yeah. in the works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such a great space. If you haven't been to Runway, it's just, and by the way, it's it's behind, if you go down 111 in Cathedral City where the big, um, uh, what is it, revivals, yeah, the big revival yes. stories, it's kind of back, there's a side where you go back behind that. And it's a really yeah, right great yeah, it's a really great little intimate place. So, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I know you, I know your brain is always working, 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 working. So do you have probably, you know, like 10 shows in your head that you're thinking of kicking around you want to do? I do. Well, I want you and I to do ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Kitty Murray and I have Hell on Heels, which mm-hmm. we will be bringing back. We're also be, we're going to be doing that in L.A. in November at the Federal, which we're really excited about. That's great. Um, right. Jeff Stewart and I have our um, Night on the Town, which is sort of an homage to Viva Las Vegas that we do a little thing and we're working on that. The GAN band is going to be coming into town and we're doing talks of doing some, some shows at runway out on the patio when we can open that up when the weather permits. Mm -hmm. So it's it's sort of endless. And I just really, I want runway. I'm really working on trying to get our stripped down open mic night. Cause Oh boy, did you and I enjoy that night? Oh, that was great. Yes. It really was. It really was. And, and Mark Caney's back for the season, which is so exciting. Yeah. He's the best. He really is. And, you know, we've got Wayne Bravenal who comes mm-hmm. in, and Wayne and I do shows. And um, even for Francesca, Mark talks about doing something. So there's just um, Darcy Daniels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an endless array. Keisha, D, yeah. so many people. That, A lot of great folks. Yeah. Right. My best is to make Runway just the hub of showing off local talent with mm-hmm. no underlying motive or anything. It's just yeah. a welcome environment where everybody can, there's room for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just so incredible to experience 
the level of talent that there is in this valley. Yeah. What, really do you, is. what do you do? And of course, we've had the pandemic and we're shut down for so long. When you, how do you, as a performer, how do you keep yourself um, motivated, positive, ready to go as a performer and ca- sort of keep your juices flowing, your chops up when you have such a long downtime as we did? Gosh, that's such a loaded question. You know, I don't think any of us were expecting it to be as long as it was. Yeah. And at the time I was working with PS Underground, which as you know, during the season kept us very, very busy. And there was always something in the mix. So we were we were learning and then, you know, it would get postponed, it would get pushed, it would get pushed. And it, it sort of went like that. Um, I, I tried some silly stuff, you know, doing a, a little um, internet thing with Heather Bates. We had a lot of fun doing a, a little sketch comedy thing that we did, you know, via Zoom and just recording and um, lots of writing, lots of cooking. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all put on our COVID-10. Uh, but it was, it, I will say there was a piece of me, the other side of me, it can hermit very easily. And I really did enjoy the time with my family. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed just being home and snuggling and and uh, with my dogs and being with my husband and my kids. And I, I loved it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so to, to contact Runway again, um, well, I guess the first thing that's coming up would be the 16th, right? Yes. 16th, Brian, Scott and I, it's called BS Country, Brian and Siobhan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a country show with me and Brian Scott together again. We're so excited. Yes. And uh, what, and for tickets, say again, they can do what? Eventbrite is the again, best thing? Eventbrite. And it's called BS Country at Runway, or you can go to runway at ccbc.com. Excellent. And yeah, you really ought to check. And by the way, the ambiance is so, Eric, the owner, is fabulous. And it's just such a welcome. All the staff is all so friendly and warm and relaxed. And it's just um, a really great place to go. The food is really good and the service is great. And of course, um, you know, with Siobhan kind of running the entertainment, she's always bringing in great stuff. So if you haven't checked out Runway, I really advise you to. Now, real quick, because people ask this question, um, uh, Vax cards required to get in? Um, at, well, right now, Cathedral City just passed something saying that you don't. Um, I honestly have not had the sit-down discussion with them. So we're not sure, but probably, but, but, you know, it, it, go get vaccinated. Just go get it until you have it. You know, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. All right, Miss Siobhan, thank you so much. Love you. So looking forward to all the stuff at, at Runway. Come out and see you. Thank you. Thank you, darn. And best of luck with the soup thing. I know you're rolling with that. Thank you, my darling. We'll talk soon. You're the... All right, take care. All right, we'll be back with more on The Desert Scene in just a bit. musical theater to literature and all the other stuff we enjoy in between making desert life so vibrant you're listening to bonnie g and brian mendoza and the desert scene on radio 111 here's bonnie and brian and we're back with more on the desert scene on radio 111 so we got some more news what's what's cooking brian so 
um, there's a drowning girl statue in Spain. It's so, so wild. So for those of you who don't know, a, um, a Mexican hyper-realist artist, Ruben Orozco, he put out a statue called Perad, which is a drowning girl statue where basically it's a... Just imagine a in the river you see and his face. You just see uh, this face. This face, yes, yeah. exactly. Like when you get the chance, type in drowning girl statue. And uh, you can see it. You'll see it, and you'll see what I mean. It's just a girl's face, and a lot of it is submerged underwater, but she's just looking up. And she's, so what? And why did he do that? What's the point of that? The idea was, especially for him, he said that. Um, it means tomorrow. The The actual name of the statue is Behad, which means tomorrow. And it was done for a campaign by the BBK Foundation. And the idea is about sustainability. Like, your actions can either float or it can either keep sink us or keep us afloat. Mm. And that's what he was saying, that the idea is that, like, we can't live in this, like, model uh, unsustainable model when it comes to climate change because we're rising water levels it's not going away it's not going away so the idea is that the woman in the statue her face is a certain way where she's not afraid of it but she's just sort of like it has accepted that this is the way things are Mm -hmm. and his idea is that let's challenge that it's not we don't need it to be that way Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people were actually really freaking out because some people thought that they felt a lot of stress with it because it's like this face underwater looking up. Because people, if you if you don't if you just look at it briefly, you think it's a real person. You want to jump in there and save them, right? Yeah, and it's also like a whole statue, like mm-hmm. a whole person in there, and it's yeah. two hundred and sixty four pounds. Wow. And and the idea is that some people like I'm looking at the Today article. They somebody said. She doesn't even look worried. She looks like she's just going to let herself drown. Mm-hmm. And another person thought it was like a statue that relates to something else. For example, like she thought it was a, a callback to like a tragic event mm-hmm. because it does mm-hmm. look like that sort of statue. And there have also been like um, there, there's just been a lot of like things that he's done where he's done a lot of installations. Like he saw he did a statue of a woman sitting on a park by herself called invisible soledad which means like invisible loneliness you know mm. the idea is that you know a lot of senior citizens are alone feel invisible yeah yeah, yeah. and they feel like because you've seen it where you've seen like an older person walk around sort of all, by themselves all alone yeah and yeah. so in this case he decided to tackle like climate change that, yeah and so what do you think about this piece so it's, you know it, it's very interesting it's an interesting um take on it and um I think it's very effective, although it is concerning. I mean, I would be worried. Is this is this in a place where people like drive by? I hope nobody's having an accident <laughs> because they think, oh my God, there's somebody in there drowning. From what I see, yes. It's like okay. a place, it's next to like a river, uh, uh, next to a bridge or something. I yeah. think what it is, is that what kind of freaks me out a little bit is that sometimes the head is up a little bit more, like in this part right here up mm-hmm. and then sometimes in this other it's photo more more submerged some yeah. more submerged yeah. so it just depends so is it like anchor is it floating or is it really anchored do you know i'm not sure i think that i have a feeling that it just sort of like floats a little bit floats a little so bit it kind of goes up and down it goes up yeah. but down with the water yeah, i think yeah. that it just depends on how the water moves you know, I think it's I, I think it's very effective. My only concern would be a safety issue of people if there are people are driving by and notice it and think someone's really drowning. That would be my only concern. I mean, that is actually a legit 
concern because the fact is that I, 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 I would worry, let's say if like, I would worry also like if you're the artist, how to install it, installing mm-hmm. it and all that, because it does again, you actually have to put it underwater and install now, it. Now, this is a river, you said? Yes. And how, is it very deep? For my impression is that it, I don't, I don't think it's that deep. Because the other thing I would be concerned about is if it were really deep, if someone got confused and thought it was a real person and then dove in there to try to save this statue and then ended up drowning themselves. I mean, that would be a really bad. Oh, yeah. And know? and these are definitely things that I think he thought about. But okay. I think that because of the press that's gotten, that uh, hopefully there's like an installation, something there that tells you, hey, drowning girl, do not go jump well, Yeah, anymore. I wonder if there's a sign or something up, up front so you can see know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like a, like the Maryland statue where you could tell like it's not a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this looks kind of realistic. Yeah. And I got to give him a lot of credit, though, because that is creative. That it is, is really, very creative. And mm-hmm. it's one of those artistic things where you use m- the earth. Mm-hmm as part of it like basically like he's talking about the environment so he uses the as environment as part of the message of part of the piece yeah and yeah. i think that's brilliant and i and i thought when i saw it i was like we have to talk about it cuz it's so interesting but again it, hey, if you're curious about the statue, right after our show, go on your go on our break. Drowning girl statue. Drowning girl statue. Yeah. Um, you'll see it on Google. It's right there. The Today article is great, and there's even an Inside Edition you can look at for it. And you know, and I, I like the idea of artists doing something meaningful, taking an issue, uh, a serious issue, and incorporating it in their art rather than just doing fluff. You know. Yeah, and and definitely that art holds up really well. I've seen mm-hmm. some art from the 60s that talks about, let's say, race. Social issues. Yeah. Social issues. Mm-hmm. And they still stick around. So It'll it's be very impactful. And I yeah. think we need more more art about the environment. Yeah. Quite frankly. Absolutely. I agree. All right. We're going to take a break and then we come back. we got Alexis Hunter talking about um, her book, Joy Lansing, A Body to Die For. Some exciting things coming up about that. We'll be back in just a bit. From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And we're back on The Desert Scene on Radio 111, and now we're joined by uh, a buddy of mine, Alexis Hunter, who has written this a great book, a um, best-selling book, Joy Lansing, A Body to Die For, and it's now going to be made into a miniseries, which is very exciting. Hi, Alexis. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? Good, 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 good. So this is really exciting news. So let's let's go back. For folks who aren't familiar with the book or don't know the story, why don't you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the, the story in the book and how that came to be, and then we'll move on from there. Yeah, um, I wrote a book uh, about my relationship with Joy Lansing, who was one of the blonde bombshell sex symbols of the 50s and 60s. Um, I mean, if they're not familiar with her, I mean, she was she was on just about every TV show during that period. She was, they considered her the Marilyn Monroe of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did lots of films, but more, more television. And uh, I met her... It, Totally by fate, I think. I met her on the set of a 
one of the worst films ever made called Bigfoot. I don't know if you saw it, Bonnie, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, Stinko. Uh, but she was the star, and I was one of the Bigfoot monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, so we met, and we became very good friends. And then things developed, and, and we became uh, uh, lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy was straight. Uh, when we met, she'd been married three times and had uh, lots of relationships with, with men. Mm-hmm. She dated Sinatra. Um, so, uh, it, I mean, it all, you know, it, it's all who you love and yeah. uh, love, love. You know, it's the person. It mm-hmm. has nothing that really, um, things, stranger things have happened, I guess. And, but <laughs> it was fortunate for me, darling. Yeah. I, I mean, she was the love of my life. And, mm-hmm. Um, uh, in, I think around 2008 or just prior to that, I was having a lot of health issues and I'd become friendly again with, uh, Joy's stepdaughter who kept encouraging me to write a book. And, uh, I didn't know she was familiar with uh, my relationship with her stepmother, but, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so I kept saying, well, yeah, sure, I'll write it. And then she kept bugging me every day, and I finally said to her, do you, do you understand my relationship with Joy? And she said, well, Joy told me you guys were together, and you were in a relationship, and I said, oh, my God. So, well, needless to say, I wrote the book, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone has been so wonderful. The re- uh, people have received it with great love and mm-hmm. uh because it, it is not a tell-all. I mean, uh, at all. It's it's a love story, and yeah. and it's also a cautionary tale. To I'm trying to stop people from using silicone injections mm-hmm. because they're becoming popular again. Uh, uh, yeah, it's frightening, Bonnie. Yeah. All these women with the big butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them have silicone injections. Oh, that's awful. Because that's what that's what those injections, which were big back in the fifties and sixties, is what led right. to Joy's cancer, which is what killed her. Correct? Absolutely, and that's why the title of the book, "A Body to Die For," she died for her body. She, it was so important for, for her because of the pressure of Hollywood to be the sexiest, the most beautiful. Because she was competing with Monroe and Mansfield mm-hmm. and Mamie Van Doren at the time, and so. Uh, you know, she thought, well, I can I can have bigger bigger chest, and she did. Yeah. And, you know, it, it killed her, and it, I mean, it's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, um, yeah. And so now, and you had to, and back in, real quick, one more thing about the book. Um, because it was, it was not accepted back in those days, so you had to pose as her little sister, given the name uh, Rachel Lansing, right? Because they didn't want the right. relationship coming out. No, it would have destroyed her career. First of all, it was illegal at that time uh, to to be in a, a same-sex relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God things have improved. They're not perfect, but they certainly have improved. Uh, but uh, I had to I had to uh, pretend to be her sister. Otherwise, it, uh, uh, everything she'd ever worked for would have been destroyed. Yeah. And, uh, no, that would have been uh, too awful. Yeah. So the book, and there's an upcoming miniseries, so tell us about that. I'm so excited. I can't stand it, Bonnie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I have a wonderful producer, uh, Vincent DeSalvo, and a great, tremendously great screenwriter, Joseph Doherty, who uh, who uh, did um, 
30 something. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh, yes. I love that show. Yeah. yeah. The, guy, the guy's brilliant. 30 mm-hmm. something. And he did Pretty Little Liars. I mean, he's a fabulous, fabulous screenwriter. So uh, I'm so excited that this is happening. And now with the book signing, I'm doing a book signing in New York on October 18th at the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, it's going to be great. <laughs> My whole world has, has changed it, 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 since I lost last spoke with you. Uh, I mean, I'm on a whirlwind, and I'm thrilled out of my mind. I have a great publicist, Laurie Towers, and uh, I mean everything. I mean, the universe has opened up, and it's it's all so wonderful. I, I'm thrilled. So, okay, so this event is October 18th, 6 to 8 p.m. at Greenwich Village's Stonewall Inn, birthplace to the gay liberation movement. So you'll do a reading and there'll be a panel discussion with the right. uh, with Vincent DeSalvo and Joe Doherty. And cabaret performers are going to be doing some songs as well. Yes, it's going to be a hoot. It will be so much fun. I'm thrilled out of my mind. And so the miniseries, now do you know when that will actually be, where you know where people can see that, when that's going to take place? Not yet. Everybody's in, everyone's in negotiations right now. So uh, as soon as I know, I will let you know, and hopefully I can come back on your show. Absolutely. So now, have you written? Uh, did the writing bug get you after you did this book? Are you planning another book on anytime soon? Um, yeah, I'm working on sort of a sequel to it because people have asked me uh, what you know what has happened to me, what happened after Joy died, and uh, I had a really interesting life. I got to tell you. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully, people want to read about it. And what um, have you had? I, I would imagine with something like this, with a you know somewhat controversial subject um have you had a lot of people reach out to you other folks who are in women who are in same-sex relationships who can relate to what you went through at all or people dealing with the whole injection thing have you had a lot of people reach out to you personally i absolutely have it's been wonderful in fact one of the best things that's happened is i've had people who read the book somehow they came across the book and read it and reached out to me saying you know i i uh, I I was not speaking with my daughter or son. Uh, uh, it totally floored me when I found out that they were gay. Mm-hmm. And after reading your book, I've been able to uh, reconnect with with my child, and wow. I understand now. And th- that that makes me so happy. I, you know, if I could help one one person, uh, and I've also uh, heard from kids, you know, that have have had the courage to mm-hmm. come out yeah. and because it's a tough thing. It's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially there's still many people that, especially kids uh, working with their parents on, on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of kids are thrown out of the house. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how, tragic. How did, did your family know at the time or when they, how did that work out for you back when you were going they, through this? No, they did not find out. Uh, mm-hmm. They were so old school. They knew Joy. They loved Joy, but uh, they w- they thought that we were just really good friends. Mm-hmm. So th- that was why I, d- I didn't have. It wasn't necessary to tell them. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, because it, it was a different generation. Yeah, and you know now things things have improved. You know, if if I were a young person now, I probably would come out mm-hmm. to my parents, but. At that point, no, I I couldn't do it. So, but you know, uh, the good thing is they they did love her. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the the book has it. You're on you're on some bestseller lists, aren't you? I think it's just yeah, done real well. Right. Yeah, it's doing really really well. I'm so excited, honey. So if somebody wanted to who hasn't read it yet wanted to find it, where could they find the book? Uh, Amazon's a great place, really great place to find it. Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, and your local bookstore. If they don't have it, they can get it for you. Okay. And now the miniseries, are you going to have um, a lot of control input? Are you going to like be part of the casting? Are you going to have a, a lot of input on this? Are you pretty much, are you trusting Vincent DeSalvo and Joe Doherty to take your story? Are you going to be kind of hands-on? I'm going to be hands-on. They respect, they respect me and they respect the book. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how this all has has come to being. I'm, I'm I mean, I am blown away, Bonnie. Now, do you have a, a do you have a website that people can go to and find out more about you and the book and what's coming up? Uh, yeah, I do have a website. It's it's a com- it's a combination because I also make jewelry, so it it it, ha- it has information about the book and information about my jewelry. It's called Alex. L-E-X Hunter, H-U-N-T-E-R, palmsprings.com. Okay. Yeah, and your your jewelry, you make some really great jewelry, too, which, which is really oh. exciting. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much. How did, how, so how did, was it the um, stepdaughter, how did she like the book? The one that was pushing you to write the book, was she happy with what uh, how it came out? She loved it. Yeah. I, I, I started writing it at night when things were quiet. I wrote from like 8 at night till 4 in the morning. And I average writing 10 pages, you know, 10 pages a, a night. And uh, in the morning, I would send the pages to Leslie, and she'd say uh, she loved it. She absolutely loved it. So it, it was a good thing. And uh, I wanted her approval of all things yeah. because I certainly wouldn't want to offend her right. or her family. Yeah. And Joy, yeah, Joy, by the way, I've seen pictures. I read the book, and Joy was gorgeous. She really was a beautiful woman. She really was. Oh, she- she would, and the the great thing, Bonnie, is her her heart was just as beautiful. She was mm-hmm. that sweet and kind. One of the most kindest person I've ever known. Wow, that says so, a lot. So unpretentious, unpretentious. And that's a hard. That was a hard. That's a hard thing to do in Hollywood and stay that way. Yeah, and yeah. not become jaded. Absolutely. Oh, she wasn't. She, she, she. In fact, I, I don't think I ever heard her say one evil thing about or anyone. nasty about anybody. Yeah, about anybody. She was so good. Alexis, uh, my, uh, Brian has a question for you. No, I, I just had, sure. a, I had a quick question. Now, oh, and I just had a quick question about the miniseries. Do you know what network it's being shopped to? Because I know that there is. Are any? Do, can you reveal any networks that we might potentially look at? Not, not right yet. It's all hush hush. So Ooh. they're they're all in negotiations. But as soon as I know, I will let you guys know. That's perfect. And for excellent. Any, and for anyone who wants to see Joy in a movie, Touch of Evil has her in the opening scene, and it. I think without her, that opening scene wouldn't be as iconic. Even though it's That's technically brilliant, technically brilliant, but she's part of it. She's. Perfect yes. part and of it. gorgeous. Alexis Hunter, thank you so much. Congratulations on this new um, uh, event coming up October 18th. And we're looking forward to hearing more about the miniseries. Congrats. It's oh, great. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I love being on your show. And thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck. All right. We'll be back with more on the Desert Scene in just a moment.
likes to read. She likes to sing and act. They both love the Coachella Valley. And they love talking about the desert scene with you on Radio 111. Here's Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza. Hey, and we're back. We're going to talk about Britney Spears because things have changed. Yes. And so finally after, well, after a while, Britney Spears' conservatorship is no longer in the hands of her father. So we're excited about that. Mm -hmm. And so now Britney Spears' father has to release all documents, everything to a new temporary conservator. So now Britney Spears, while I think she admits she wants a conservatorship, or needs one not with him not with him yeah. and so there's that and and she and she finally feels that her career is back in tr- on track that she can finally make that decision for herself and so i think that what makes britney spears's story so interesting is that it gets you really thinking about how difficult it is for her to get out of one how what dif- about the average person? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it, like on the whole situation, since we've been sort of like going through this saga throughout our show when it was the culture corner from the beginning of the mm-hmm. summer to now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like how do you feel about it overall so far? Well, it, I'm really happy with this development. Um, and of course, you're a little more up on it than I am. But I mean, I've heard about it. It's been in the news. How could you not? Um, the father definitely seemed like he was taking advantage of the situation, draining money from her that wasn't his and being overly controlling. And don't I mean, she had we talked about this before. She had a bad time. She had a little bit of a breakdown. But uh, many people have little breakdowns and come out of it and then are fine. That doesn't mean she's in competent for the rest of her life um you know and i'm not a huge huge britney fan but she's a talented girl she can dance well and puts on a good show and you know um i think she went through a rough spot in her life but i don't think that she needed to be in sort of like this quote-unquote prison if you call it um so i'm glad i think that's a positive move forward so if she needs some sort of guidance and some sort of sort of financial guidance i think it should be someone else besides her father now there was a documentary on Netflix called Britney versus Spears. And now there was a documentary on Hulu that got a lot of controversy and Britney felt a little misrepresented. Said some things were not true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because the documentary was sympathetic. I just Mm -hmm. think that maybe it was one of those, Oh my God, my I'm, I'm, I'm on television. My life is being talked about on television. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where no matter what, you'll always feel like there's something off about how they show the story, you know? And so, Britney Spears, according to the Netflix documentary, here are four things that were actually, like, really, like... Untrue. Well, not untrue, but things that were alleged in the documentary that are actually, like, really, like, bombshells. Okay. That really give you more context. Like, for example, Britney Spears' room was allegedly bugged with phone... Uh, with the phone calls being monitored and I'm like that really is awful and another thing is that Britney Spears had actually asked her father to take alcohol tests because she felt that you know he was drinking too much drinking too much Mm -hmm. or maybe his behavior suggests something that isn't maybe making decisions under the influence Mm -hmm. and a judge said to her in a closed meeting who are you to demand that of anybody and wow that actually gives you some perspective because yeah you know, Britney Spears' father did get some uh, rehab. He went to rehab for mm-hmm. alcohol abuse, and okay. I, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's great, but I think she wanted him to also, like, 
takes. Uh, she felt that he was drinking secretly, and he needed and making decisions when under impaired. So I, I'd be upset about that too if I were her. And yeah. the judge who said that has actually declined, and she and he has said in the statement. The judge said, "I caution you not to draw any conclusions or inference from, or be swayed by one hearing, by any one hearing." He's been retired, and he. I kind of feel like that's one of those people that's like, I didn't say it, but I'm not going to say yeah. I did say and it. And now he's not still involved in the case, is he? No, no, oh, good. no. He, Thank God. he stopped. Yeah. I'm sure he did say it. Yeah, and Britney Spears also had an allowance and was allegedly told she can't buy dinner or shoes occasionally. Like, apparently, like, like Britney would say something like, hey, do you think I can have sushi for dinner? And somebody would say that... Like, you had sushi yesterday, and it's too expensive. You don't need it again. Oh, for God's sake. And there would be a few times where, like, Britney Spears would say she wants sneakers. Mm -hmm. And she was told no, and that she didn't have money, and that... That's absurd. And that Britney said that, like, she actually had to... And according to one of her friends on there, uh, Tish Yates actually said that they were the head of wardrobe, and they had to actually tell Britney, you know, you need... Maybe if you just say it's for the show, then you can get those shoes. So basically, she had to go out of her way to say mm -hmm. this is a costume right, for her to have right. shoes, which yeah. is that's absurd. That, that's just that's wrong. And also, Britney Spears's father kept a very close eye on the men in her relationships. So like they would do like a um, basically she wasn't really encouraged to make friends, mm -hmm. especially men. And that her her French basically had to be approved by her father. Okay, uh, this is a question I think I asked when this first came up. Has she had an an um, uh, not biased, an unbiased uh, evaluation by a psychiatrist lately? That's what I want to know. I don't know if she has had it. I think the fact is that she has shown time and time again that you know she's pretty aware of she things. seems fine yeah. but i mean i would say if she got that she i would imagine she'd be willing to do that an unbiased review and some if they said you know this woman is fine she can manage her own affairs you know that's what's needed here i think yeah and i definitely am glad that her father got out of it because hearing these things just paints it worse yeah. and worse and it just you know what? Good for Britney to be able to actually get yes. out of that. And hopefully yes. her next conservatorship is better. I'm hoping. Yes. Let's cross our fingers. All right. We're going to come back with Steve Fisher, who is the new head of Script to Stage to Screen. We'll talk to him in just a bit. Bonnie and Brian continue with the desert scene on Radio 111. Here they are. And we are back in the desert scene, and hopefully in just a couple minutes, we're going to be talking to my buddy Steve Fisher, who is an actor, director in town I've known for years, and he is taking over the reins at Script to Stage to Screen, which is a wonderful theater company in town here. Um, they do a lot of uh, new new plays, or basically all new plays, and uh, do re stage readings and then productions, and then uh, in the past they've done a couple things, actually put them to film. Um, and Steve Fisher is taking over the reins from Gina by Kayla. She's uh, stepped back and sort of semi-retired. And Steve is a really interesting guy. I've known him for years. So we're going to talk to him just a minute about what is coming up 
with script S2S2S, as it's called, script to stage to screen. Um, a couple things. There's a drama called Crying on Trains, December 3rd and 4th. I'm Not Rick Springfield, January 21st and 22nd. A Night in... Puglia, Puglia, Puglia. We'll ask him how to pronounce that. February 25th and 26th. And Inez's birthday and then some, uh, April 22nd and 23rd. So scripted stage to screen. So I just wanted to, um, in the meantime, you know, things are starting to open up as far as entertainment. There are uh, shows out there, things going on. I know Palm Canyon Theater is doing Sorted Lives. Um, of course, uh, uh, Desert Rose Playhouse had a huge hit with the Rocky Horror Show. They were extended. They finally closed. They're going to actually do it again next year around Halloween time, which will be fun. There are music venues. I know my friends Keisha D and Eve Holmes were singing last night at the Roost. And of course, Charles Herrera was at uh, Runway. Fabulous singer. He's there every Thursday. Um, uh, um, Leanna Rogers and her husband Miguel Gomez are at the V Wine Lounge every Friday evening. I think it's six, five to eight, I think. Um, they're fabulous. Very entertaining. Uh, and again, I'm going to be at the Malvin's Jam tomorrow, Sunday, 3.30 to 7. Uh, Malvin's, of course, is a great Palm Springs institution. been around for years. And they've had this jazz jam every Sunday for 20-something years when I first moved here. Uh, and the late Andy Fraga uh, ran it and was on piano with his trio. And then several people, he passed away, sadly, and several people took over. Michael Healy does a great job with it now. He's on vacation, a much-deserved vacation for a few days with his wife. So Doug McDonald, fabulous guitar player, is um, sitting in for Michael Healy this Sunday, running the jam. He's got a trio. I believe it's Tim Pleasant on drums and Larry Holloway on bass. But Melvin's is a great club, 3.30 to 7. You should check it out. I'm going to be one of the guest singers tomorrow. So there are a lot of things. Of course, the Purple Room has reopened. Um, they've got um, um, they've got Rose Millette uh, every Tuesday at the Purple Room. On Wednesday nights, it's Music of the Rat Pack with Michael Holmes and Darcy Daniels. They're fabulous. Thursday, Sharon Sills. And then Friday and Saturday, there are ticketed shows, and he brings in folks like um, uh, Sam Harris and Renee Olstead and folks like that, some some great, really great entertainers from out of town. So the Purple Room, check out the Purple Room. But I, I will tell you that a lot of these venues, well, Palm Springs, the city of Palm Springs still has, in effect, a citywide um, vaccination card mandate. Show your vax cards at performing venues, most restaurants and bars. Cathedral City had one. I think they've just repealed it, sadly. Um, but you, something that you want to check before you go, before you buy tickets somewhere or go to an a, a event or a club or a bar or restaurant, you might want to call first. If you don't have a vaccination card, I would suggest you call and find out if that's a requirement before you get there and have a meltdown, uh, sadly, as some people do. Um, but there's a lot of entertainment, um, a lot of things coming up. Uh, so hope you check it out. So also in Toucans tonight, they're even though we didn't book anybody to talk about it, there is a show tonight at Toucan's Bar. Uh, Ty uh, Hendron, who is a country singer who was nominated for a Grammy, he sang the song What Mattered Most. Um, he is showing up, actually, over at Toucan's. So if you want a really good show tonight, go over there. It's going to be the... Gra again, Grammy-nominated artist, uh, Ty Hendron. I always forget how to say his name, but he's going to be there. And also, just overall, overall, over at Toucan's, they also have a lot of great shows. Like on Fridays, they have drag performers. Like you'll have great artists, great drag queens like Boots, Drea, Simone Miller, Samara, Fantasia. And usually they have people from RuPaul's Drag Race there. So you'll always have something interesting to have there. And sometimes... 
sometimes they have surprises there and it's open from thursday to monday usually during uh with toucan so you'll have a lot of really great artists there so that's what i really would say is that it's one of those things where I'm glad to see things opening up again and seeing these types of shows back on the air, uh, not back on the air, but back on back stage, there, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also things back on the air too, because like for me, it's like, it's just nice to be able to go to these places. And again, if anybody's curious, yes, who cans does mandate, you know, mm-hmm. vaccine. Well, in Palm mask. Springs, yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. And of course you don't have to drink your drinks through the mask, but you know, just yeah. be responsible and right. you know, come in when you sit down at your table and then you're sitting there eating or drinking, then you can take yeah. it off. Yeah. They also have reservations. So unfortunately, if you want to go into it last minute, they are taking only reservations. And most of the time it's very show driven mm-hmm. toucans it was a club that used to be like any other club where there's a show but you don't have to be seated at the show mm-hmm. uh, from my understanding that now that the show is a little bit more like that the club is more show oriented mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's something i've noticed i don't know if you've noticed but like a lot of more a lot of the clubs now are more show oriented than yes. like you do your own thing if you want to watch a show watch a show yeah because it's kind of hard to separate those two things and the other thing that uh i think especially since you know the pandemic things were shut down for so long with the pandemic and a lot of clubs lost a lot of money some places didn't reopen but there are places now that are charging a, a small cover they didn't like for instance frankie's back when frankie's old world italian bakery the jams on open mics tuesday and thursday there's a ten dollar cover which is reasonable to help keep the club going and pay the musicians. Um, so, and I think that's, you know, that's totally reasonable. Um, so, but yeah, you want to check that out before you go someplace. Maybe if you don't have a vaccine, aren't vaccinated, don't have a vax card, which I suggest you get vaccinated, but check, you better call and find out first before you go somewhere. Yeah. And, and certainly like, I think that there has been a, it's funny cause I saw a report on, um, the Mexican news stations that I watch with my parents. And one of the things they saw was a French man who was, he was speaking in French and he was talking about how, like, why did you get vaccinated? One thing he said, well, you know, cause I kind of got tired of the fact that I wanted to go to a few shows mm-hmm. and I, I just wasn't able to make them mm-hmm. because I need a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where like, you know, if anything, it was kind of funny how like his health didn't really matter but the the i was the just show. gonna say that if you're so anti <laughs> why are you anti anti anti-vax no it's gonna do this and change my dna well i'm gonna go to see a show so i'll get it i mean it, that uh, kind of doesn't compute like i think it sort of tells you that i think it's more of a i just didn't have the stubborn, time to do stubborn it stubborn you know? or yeah yeah whatever and it's one of those things where like you know there for a while now we have to kind of accept the fact that you know again it's everybody's decision but it's one of those things where again it's a decision where think about it like you're you can still go to maybe a show here and there, but like when the McCallum opens up again, you're going to miss out on a show. So if you have mm-hmm. tickets for a show, you're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where unfortunately, like I don't know what else to say other than, you know, you have a choice and I don't know. Like, because like I, while I do have a preference that you do get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I do want to sort of tell people, you know, it is the reality it is the reality that this is going to be the norm for a while and yep it's not going away anytime soon and the more people who rebel and refuse to get vaccinated refuse to, the longer it's going to hang around because the, what's happened then the longer it hangs around then it has more chance to mutate and we're going to get more variants and it's just going to be a never-ending cycle so if you want everything opened up and free free open up and free get vaccinated that's going to help that happen no and i definitely agree with that and also i do also want to say that and other 
announcements because there's a because there's always something going on in town mm-hmm. today at 420 bank at three to six um you could actually meet cheech marin oh okay cheech marin so if you That'd remember him, so if you remember him from um cheech and chong, cheech and and chong movies, movies yeah. he's was gonna be up in smoke was that one of the, is that yeah. one of the movies yes okay up in smoke it's a meet and greet basically i get the impression that there is a 420 <laughs> session and that you actually get to meet him and interact with him. And as for tickets, I get the imp- let me see look at the tickets real quick. But uh, I would recommend it's a free registration. But they also want you to like I think the rec- there's no cover, but you do have to purchase Cheech private stats in order to get like an autograph. But mm-hmm. that's normal when you yeah. go to a convention. Oh, sure. sure. So if you feel like oh my god like. Oh my god, I want to meet him, but I can't. <laughs> but how dare he like yeah. sign autographs? And funny enough, I actually wanted to ask you, yeah, because how, what are your thoughts on this? There's been a lot of controversy where people feel like if it, you go up to a celebrity and they don't give you an autograph, that they're a jerk. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like somebody's a jerk for not giving you an autograph? You know, that's a great question. Um, I think it's uh, a gray area, and I think if someone is, you know, if a celebrity is <clears throat> maybe with their family or out to eat or they're in a hurry, they're running down the street or they've got some, you know, that sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, it can be intrusive and inconvenient, whatever. And I, and I understand that. And I think fans should try to understand that. However, on the reverse side, <clears throat> I think just being rude and nasty, no, I'm not going to do that for no particular reason you know what, you're the one that's making millions and millions and millions of dollars from your fans going to your movies, going to whatever, whatever. They, they in a large part, made you who you are. So I think that that is one of the prices of fame, if you will. That, you know, be nice if you can. If, you know, if someone's in the, if the private having dinner in the middle of eating something with their family, that's intrusive. Yeah, but, it, but you know what, they're, they're, it's a gray area. Fans need to be considerate of, of what's happening. But I think celebrities also, <coughs> excuse me, it's the price of fame to a certain degree. I just, I definitely agree that um, I think we're pretty much in agreement here. I do believe that say that there are situations where a fan, there are situations like a meet and greet, like Cheech Marin will s- gladly get That's your autograph. That's what he's there for, yeah. But also because there's no cover charge and there is a simple request of buy his buy a product of his and you'll get it but that's normal at a convention yeah, that happens all the time yeah and also it's also about attitude too because the fact is like if i if if a famous person's really just relaxing trying to enjoy their day in pond springs which a lot of them they do it's not really your place to like feel obligated for an autograph yeah. because let's be honest like they don't know you right right and the thing is though it feels really and it's scary because a lot of people in the past have been interacted with like celebrities and all that yeah i believe that's gonna be our guest because i let's see if this is steve hi steve is that you i believe so let's see hello hi steve hey we got him on the phone yay this is steve fisher talking about script that's okay we lost signal that's okay script script to stage to screen so tell us about the first show that's coming up is anti uh friday and saturday october 22nd and 23rd so tell us about that and real quick how did you how did you uh get in this position you're in now oh boy okay well that's kind of a two-part question first i'll tell you that Auntie, does it sound a little familiar? You've heard of Auntie Mame, right? Uh-huh. This is a based loosely on that, and I tell you that loosely. Okay. But it does have um, 
a wonderful, you know, matriarch who's crazy and loony like Mame. Mame, and uh, it's about her relationship and and you know how she evolved. I don't want to give you any spoilers. Uh, Steve, I'm going to ask you a question because we got got. To, can you stick around for a minute? And if we take a quick break, we'll come back to you. Can you do that? Sure. Okay. Sure. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back with Steve Fisher. He's going to tell us a lot more in just a moment. Desert Scene on Radio 111. Cultural events and the people who make it happen in the desert cities with Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza. And we're back on the Desert Scene with Steve Fisher on the phone talk. He is the new artistic director of Script to Stage to Screen. We're just talking about the first show coming up, Anti, which is uh, Friday and Saturday, October 22nd and 23rd. I want to get some of this in real fast. Don, uh, is it Salufo? Salufo will direct. Don Salufo. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the wonderful. Cast. He's a, such a creative person. He's a wonderful actor, a marvelous director, and he has a great cast, too. Yeah. Jan, uh, Jan Briggs, Steve Ciceron, Dan Graff, Stan Jansen, Shirley the Master, Norma Marcus, Hal O'Connell, Rupert Smith. Now, I know Hal wanted me to make sure to get in. Can you tell us about the audience bubble? So you got to be fully vaccinated. Can you yes, tell us about I can. that? Okay. Yeah, just a second. Uh, you know, since the COVID thing, Everybody who comes to the theater must have a reservation. We will not be accepting walk-ups okay. at all. Okay. Um, let's see. I want to go here. I want to go here. And here we go. Um, we have to have a vaccine card. Mm-hmm. We have to have a government-issued photo ID. Okay. And they have to be sent to uh, the website. Okay. A photograph sent to the website before you show up at the door. Ah. So when you make your reservation for the theater, then you just send your information on then. Okay. Yeah. So this. Do understand that? Yeah. That not not now, messing around here. So yeah, and well, so the patrons, the patrons got to buy a ticket online or register in advance by email. All attendees have to wear masks mm-hmm. at the. At the performance, of course, and the social distancing will be practiced. And if you have refreshments or we're serving refreshments, they have to be eaten outside the building. Okay. In the front. Yeah. So we're ma- taking that's, that's op- the bubble. Yeah, that's the audience bubble. So that's really important. Fully vaccinated, proof of uh, proof of ID. So you got to go to the website and um, now. So a picture of that. Okay, and now. Now, I have a question for you. So there's, two, there's one website. There's a www.scriptestagetoscreen.com website, but then there's the audience. So it's the audience bubble that you go to. to it is the same. Oh, it's the same. Okay. All right. I believe. Uh, oh, well, we also have my vaccine card at cdph.ca.gov, but that's 
for anything you have questions about. Where we want to send this is actually to the S2S2, the screen to script to stage, screen to stage to script. Yeah. The script to stage to, to screen. screen. Yeah. Okay. Website. All right, and tickets are $10. So there's some great shows. Um, uh, So again, Auntie's coming up October 22nd and 23rd, 7.30 p.m. They're all, the shows are, take the performances take place at the Unitarian Universal Church of the Desert in Rancho Mirage on Via Vale. And it's It's just... a beautiful facility. It's a beautiful facility. And Steve Fisher's now artistic director. So um, uh, this is, this is, are you ha- what do you feel about this new role you're taking on here? Well, you know, I've really never done this before, and you know me, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. I'm a director, I act. But you know, a couple of seasons ago, I, I was in a show and I said, you know what? This acting, it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> and yeah. uh, memorizing the lines and all of that, I said, you know, maybe I'll just pull out of that for a while. Yeah. Then, of course, the COVID happens. Yeah. And uh, I'm still open maybe to direct a couple of things, but this. Uh, kind of administrative artistic director stuff seems a nice way to ease back into things i think yeah absolutely absolutely and it's great and now uh, is uh, are they doing on every show are they having a question and answer after afterwards yeah yeah okay uh when we when we can get the play right there yeah yeah now some of these playwrights you know they come from all over the country right um but when they are there we do do the see the, the this group is a workshop mm-hmm and the people who come to see the, the plays in this group uh, are really, truly theater people who are interested in the theater because mm-hmm. we're, we're doing a reading right. of, an, of, a, of a manuscript that's finished for the workshop. Yeah. Then the audience puts in their opinion. The playwright takes that and uh, either uses it or doesn't or does whatever he does. Right. You know, uh, before the COVID hit, I did a show called uh, uh, Southern Baptist Sissies. Mm-hmm. And Dale Shores, you know Dale. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in for one of the performances and did this playwright, you know, conferencing just about his play and what he meant and all of that. Yeah. It was the best night of all. Yeah. Because the playwright was there. The audience was very excited to have him there. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. That's great. All right. I wanted to, again, Steve Fisher's the new artistic director, script to stage to screen the first reading this season, uh, Friday and Saturday, October 22nd, 23rd, 7.30 p.m. Go to get your $10 tickets. Go to www.scripttostagetoscreen.com. But remember that audience bubble. You've got to be vaccinated. Send your picture, picture ID. They're not messing around. Wear your mask. Have your refreshments outside because we want everyone to stay safe and not get sick. Real important. And, and also, I want to say this. The other theaters in town are doing this, too. Yeah, absolutely. Theater. So I mean, you've got the Palm Springs, the Rose, uh, iPad. They're all doing this. So get yeah. it ready. Send it out to everybody so that you're part of everybody's bubble and yeah. can enjoy theater all over the desert. Absolutely. Well, Steve, congratulations on your new role. That's exciting. I'm very and, excited um, about it, Bonnie. Excellent. All right. Stay safe out there. Stay well. And um, uh, well, I'm going to come see one of these shows one of these days. Get out there. Thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Love you, doll. All right. Love you. Take care. All right. We'll be back with more. Um, no, we won't. We're done. I'm <laughs> We're- sorry. <laughs> We're done with today's okay, well, episode. We'll be back with next week. Thank you to all our guests, to Siobhan and Alexis and Steve and Brian. And um, stay safe out there, everybody, really. We want you to stay healthy. We'll see you next week. <laughs>